Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Philippians chapter 1. It reads, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ." filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed." But that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, then I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. As we jump into chapter 1 here in Philippians, we have Paul writing from prison to one of the churches that he planted during his second missionary journey. We see as he's doing this here in chapter 1, he's helping to develop a belief and helping to develop an argument that we're still called to pursue Christ regardless of our circumstances. And so this focus upon Christ-like living, despite what's going on around us, is going to be a central theme that we're going to see here in the book of Philippians. Because we pick up here with Paul explaining elements of his imprisonment and how God is using those to continue to extend his mission and to extend his focus on impacting the world for the gospel. 
And so as we jump in, we see some big parts of that. He won thanks to people for what they've been able to do as a partner in the gospel with them. That's why he continues to be writing this letter to them to inform them about what's going on and to help challenge them with some things as we look in later chapters. But here in this chapter, he really wants them to know that the situation that he has, yes, is probably not what they would say is great, But his imprisonment is actually being used by God for crucial things that are expanding the gospel. We can pick those up in verse 12. It's there that we see in the verses following it as well, that as he has been imprisoned in this place, he is actually advancing the gospel in two specific ways. First, that he's been able to make it so that the gospel is being spread through the imperial guard or the people that are there in charge of the imprisonment. We've seen that that takes place in some other places. If you remember when Paul and Silas were miraculously freed from their prison in Philippi, they would have seen how these people that were in charge of the imprisonment had actually learned about the power of the gospel by the miraculous freeing that took place when they were in that situation. And so here his imprisonment is not accompanied by things like that, but he's still saying the gospel is going forward to these people who are what we would naturally consider the enemies of the gospel and the enemies of the advancement of the gospel because they're the ones who are imprisoning the people and that being specifically Rome and the Roman Empire and those soldiers. But a secondary one that he mentions here is also very important. When you look down at verse 14, it says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And so that is a huge benefit of the imprisonment of Paul for the gospel. Paul is in prison and he's suffering unjustly for what he has done. But he continues to maintain a focus on letting the gospel be proclaimed in what he's doing. So the people around him are starting to be encouraged of, hey, even if I'm put into this situation, even if I am suffering for the sake of the gospel, one, it is still possible to honor God with what I'm doing, and two, it is still possible for the gospel to be advanced through my suffering. And when we look at that, we really see that summed up towards the end of the chapter. The last four verses give us this focus, saying, hey, let's make sure that our manner of life is worthy. Let's make sure that what we're doing to advance the gospel is taking place and that we're walking forward in truth and doing these different things. But verse 29, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. When we experience suffering for the sake of the gospel, we should not be surprised by it because it is at those times that the gospel is often expanded the most because of the way in which we're putting Christ on display. The same Christ who suffered unjustly on the cross for our sins is the one who is able to be the one in the pattern that we follow as we suffer unjustly as his followers for the cause of the gospel. If you remember right, we've talked about a little bit of this concept that we'll open up here in previous podcasts as we looked at them as we were walking through the gospel, that the common belief of the time was if bad things are happening in your life, that must mean that God is not pleased with you. God is allowing bad things to happen to you because of your lack of faith or your unbelief or your sin in your life, or he has even turned his back on you. 
But Paul is trying to display to them that, yes, these things are not favorable in the eyes of man, but that does not mean that God is not using him in his situation to continue to advance the cause of the gospel. And so that's an important concept for us to have as we look into the different things that we are called to do to, as verse 27 says, to let our manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, to allow us to be walking forward and growing in whatever circumstance, in whatever situation we're in, for the cause of the gospel, for us to be putting it on display and championing its cause in our lives. As far as a question from this passage, we're going to look here at verses 15 through 18, where we see a little bit about some of the detractors or some of the people who are against Paul in this time of his imprisonment. It's in these verses that we see that some people are not preaching Christ for the same motives that Paul says he is. There are those who continue to preach out of love, knowing that they're doing that in the way that Paul is doing it. But there are these others who are preaching out of what he calls envy and rivalry or strife. These people were jealous of what Paul was doing in the way in which his impact on the gospel was so large that they were actually taking advantage of Paul's imprisonment to kind of say that, you know what, this is God judging Paul for what he's done. He's so sinful that God is pulling him out of the opportunity to be ministering to people and putting him in prison so that he can't mess things up anymore. And so Paul is really correcting that thought that goes back to what we talked about previously, that God is not judging people based upon every good or bad thing that takes place in their life. Just because something good is taking place in somebody's life does not mean that God is always pleased with that person, nor because something bad is occurring in someone's life should we assume that that means that God is not pleased with that person. And so Paul is correcting this as he's talking about his opponents that are working against him in the gospel. These other people that are doing things selfishly and are trying to hijack this opportunity to continue to to move forward their personal gains at the expense of the gospel, Paul wants them to know and wants his hearers and his readers to know that these individuals are serving only themselves because he is continuing to be used by God despite his imprisonment, despite the hard circumstances that are going on. And so as we look here at verses 15 through 18, we need to understand them in the context of he's talking about this with these opponents that are against him at this time. He's not saying that he is happy that there are false teachers that are teaching other gospels or other things like that. He's not saying that he's happy that these people are there, but he's wanting to draw attention to the fact that though some people are preaching the gospel and for wrong motives, he still desires that always what is taking place is that the gospel is moving forward and that God is drawing those people to him who need to be drawn to him and who are coming at a point where they're able to respond and receive the good news of Jesus Christ. And so whether their motives are off, as long as the heart of the gospel is going forward, he's saying, I understand that these people are serving themselves in this, but if the message of the gospel continues to move forward, then we want that to be rejoiced. We want that to be able to be celebrated because the gospel continues to move forward despite the weaknesses of man and despite our inabilities to be at all times worthy of being the messenger of the gospel.
So as you look over this chapter, as you think about the different things that it is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit as you're reading it, as you think about different questions that you might have, some of you guys might have some questions about the imprisonment, where was he at, those types of things, hey, look into those. Use the tools, use the people, use the resources in your life to talk about those. As you do that, you're growing in your understanding of what's taking place in Scripture. You're learning about the way in which you can interpret that and learning about how you can apply that to your own life so that you are grown and challenged and more molded and shaped into the man or woman that God desires to be. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-